time, saw three and 4,000 people get the Holy Ghost at a time. And then the Lord brought him back to the States, and he became a pastor in Wheeling, West Virginia. There were six people there at that church at the time, and only two people voted for him. The other four said no. So he told the district superintendent, well, they just don't know, but I do. God's called me. Tell them I'm coming anyway. And I guess, I guess they just figured, well, there's only six people. We don't have much to lose. Not that people can are expendable, but that they'll either come along or, you know. Well, he said those four people, the four that voted no left right away. He said it wasn't long. The other two did too. I thought, man, I could relate to that. But anyway, but he said he was there and, uh, Brother Sism, who at the time was a regional director in Asia and uh, parts there and had, he was who Brother Cole had worked in relationship to when he was a missionary in Thailand. Brother Sism came and had been reaching out to him, trying to get him to come back. You need to come back to the, you know, I'm trying to persuade you to come back to the mission field. You need, you need to come back. So Brother Sism flew in and met him, came there, and he said he was trying to be discreet, but he said since it was a small, small work, he was doing what pastors do in a small, small work. He said, I was vacuuming the floor in the sanctuary, but I was trying. And he said, Brother Sism, he said he knew everything anyway. And uh, Brother Sism came in when he said I was in the church vacuuming. And he said he was trying to persuade me. He wasn't trying to be unkind. But he said, look at you. You preach and God used you to fill thousands with the Holy Ghost. And here you are vacuuming a floor where they don't want you. You need to come back to the mission field. He said he was, wasn't being unkind. He was just trying to persuade him. He said it just hit him so deeply tells the story he took Brother Sism back to the airport, I think in Pittsburgh, and he watched Brother Sism get on the plane. And he said he stood there and watched as the plane left. He said he just kept watching that plane. He said till it was a speck and it was gone. He said he still just stood there for about 45 minutes. He said he then he looked the direction of that plane. He said, Brother Sism, I can't go back to the mission field right now he said god has put me on the potter's wheel and i cannot get off i want that attitude there is a molding and a shaping process that continues in our lives until he comes. Until he comes. And I have to purpose to stay on the wheel. Molding feels like pressure. Molding feels uncomfortable at times. Molding is not usually enjoyable. 
but he knows what he's doing. Thank you, Brother Renee. I want to stay on the wheel. I don't want to be the vessel I want to be. I want to be the vessel he wants me to be. And that's his choice, not mine. And so sometimes, all the time, if I truly lay my life on the wheel, I stop telling God what he needs to do in me. And I submit to what he's doing. You pray again before we go any further. God, I want to submit to what you're doing. I want to be humbly and fully submitted to what you're doing. I pray that individually, but Lord, I also pray for us as a body of believers collectively. We want to be on the wheel submitted to your work. We're not trying to be like some other congregation we're not trying to be like what some man would say the church should appear as we want to be what you are shaping us to be vessels unto honor meat for the master's use pliable in your hand usable for your purpose according to your choosing we are not our own we have been bought with a price you have purchased us with your own blood Therefore, we seek to remain fully submitted to your work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Genesis chapter 3. You can just hold your hand there. I'd like us to pray together um, before we dive further into the word tonight. Um, Bishop and Sister Schoonover have been sick. Um, Sister Schoonover's a little better, but um, they're just still fighting through and talked to them both briefly this morning. And, uh, I'd like us to pray for them together. Uh, I thank God for Bishop and Sister Schoonover. Um, we are a product of their ministry. Um, And they continue to example to us and teach us by their life what it is to live and walk in the Spirit and to abandon themselves to the work and the will of God. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I cherish that. And I'd like us to pray for them that healing would come to them. All right, I want us to be very specific. You can pray that in your way as the Lord leads, but I want us to pray that healing would come to them. All right? 
Would you do that with me right now? Would you lift your voice to the Lord on their behalf? Jesus Christ, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you are our healer. I bring the man and woman of God before you. I pray with your stripes tonight, healing in their bodies. We agree together, according to your word, by the authority of this, your word that cannot fail, by the authority of the name that is above every other name. In the name of Jesus, I pray healing in their bodies. I pray that their breathing be fully restored without hindrance. I pray the coughs be removed that they get sleep and rest that their body needs that is part of your design for healing and recovery. I pray the miraculous power of God reach to them even now that you would be glorified, that they would be made whole. I speak it and I ask it of you in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray it in faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I'd like you to pray with me. Uh, we celebrate the Escaleras having a new baby boy, Mateo. And uh, I, I got word from Brother Rigo this afternoon. His, his uh, blood sugar just keeps dropping. They're giving him glucose, but it doesn't seem to come up. And so they want to keep him until they figure out what's going on there. Um, I have peace about it but I'm not dad or mom. And uh, so could we just pray right now for the will of the Lord in that process? I'm not begging God for anything. I got peace about it. But I want to pray for the will of God in the process, that he would touch the child, but that also he would minister to the parents. Could you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus Christ, in your holy name, I pray your arm that is not short, let it reach into that hospital room and touch Mateo even now. It's you that has formed and framed him. It's you that created the pancreas that is in him that produces blood sugar. It is you that knows the vessel. And I pray by the power of the name of Jesus that you would heal his body. And in the midst of all of this, that you administer, Lord, to Rigo and Denise. You know where they are. You know how this serves your purpose. You're well aware. You're well aware. You're well aware. I pray the peace of God, the power of God, ministering to the glory of God. Your will would be wrought through it all. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you for praying and uh, forgiving yourselves. Thank you to the many who are continuing to fast this month. Um, it's not just an exercise. It's not at all an exercise in going through motion. I believe there are things being broken as we continue to give ourselves to fasting and prayer. And so please do so. Please continue to pray about United in a few weeks. Uh, please continue to pray about the meeting I shared with you at the end of this month. Um, that is 
I believe, critical time and continue praying for these valleys. Amen. I would also ask you to be praying for the flowers and Bishop. They will be going to Italy at the end of this month. And I'd like to just cover them in prayer. Amen. Praise God. Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. I'm just going to start in verse one. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, this is the serpent. The serpent said to the woman, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, that's the first mistake. It's the first mistake. She entered into conversation. You can't always stop every thought that comes to you. But you choose whether you're going to engage in conversation with the thought or not. And the adversary usually, almost always, speaks to us through thought. And we'll hear a thought, we'll have a thought, and then we got two options. Dismiss it or dialogue. The first mistake he made was dialogue. We must learn to dismiss thoughts that are not of God. And we must learn to discern. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't take a ton, in most cases, to discern the thought. It's not original with me, but you've heard me say it many times. We determine the source of a thought by what the thought produces. If it produces fear, that's not of God. If it produces doubt, that's not of God. If it produce, we, we know by what it produces. And so the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. And, and by the way, let's just go back to verse 1. Let me just say this. Anytime someone begins to question what God told you, especially when it's someone that has no relationship with God, that wants to question what God told you? Should be a red flag. Has God said? Questioning the word of God. Okay? By the way, the adversary doesn't have any new tricks. He just does the same thing different ways. But the challenge is he's subtle. He's subtle. The serpent was subtle. All right? So verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now it's interesting, I've read the first three chapters, or the first two chapters of Genesis hundreds of times. And I have yet to find anywhere in the first two chapters of Genesis where God ever said, you shall not touch it. So the woman is revealing by her words, she really doesn't know what God said. We need to know the word of God. We need to know the word of God. 
It's not enough to get close sometimes. We need to know what the Word of God says. All right? Verse 4, And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. Now now the serpent, they're far enough along in this dialogue now that he's like, I'm just going to tell her something totally opposite of what God. She just said, God said you'll die. At least she got that part right. But then the serpent realizes by what her community, she doesn't know. And she's willing to consider what I'm sharing. So I'm just going to continue. But remember, he's subtle. And the serpent said, you will not surely die. But he didn't stop there. God knows that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be open and you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman said, or the woman saw the tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. And it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. I want you to see something there. It was good for food. Lust of the flesh. It was pleasant to the eyes. Lust of the eyes. And desire to make one wise. Pride of life. You can search those three things there in another scripture that John wrote to us about. Now, and so she took the fruit, she ate, she gave to her husband with her, and he did eat. I started here because I want to talk to you. I, I, this has been on my heart since the weekend. The Lord just didn't give me the release to teach or preach about it on Sunday. But it has not left me, and it just keeps coming back to me more and more and more. It seems like anytime I'm hearing something, this is coming back. First Corinthians chapter 14, maybe you should go there. In verse 12, I believe. 1 Corinthians 14 and 12, I want you to see this. That's not the right verse. It's the right chapter, but it's not the right verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse um, 10. Two verses too far. Therefore, it may be, or there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. You see that? There are. It doesn't say there may be. It says there are, it may be. So many kinds of voices in the world. And notice that last line. And none of them, everybody say none of them. None of them is without signification. So you think it doesn't matter what you listen to. So you think it doesn't matter what you watch and hear while you're watching and hearing. So you think it doesn't matter what you read. You think it doesn't matter the person you hang around and engage in conversation with. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them, that word none means none. None of them are without signification. That means every one of them has some significance in some way. 
And so here's the thing. I, I wanted to start in Genesis because this is the root of the way the adversary gets in to begin to tear down, bring confusion, deception, and ultimately destroy. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that was lost. But he said, the adversaries come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so he starts the same way. Subtle conversation, getting you to entertain his voice. And he doesn't come in like the roaring lion. I know the Bible says the devil is a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. The Bible's true. But when he comes to you or I to try to devour, he doesn't come as the roaring lion. He comes subtle. Subtle. That's his method. It's the method from the beginning. The scripture is clear. We are not ignorant of his devices. Okay. So we, we don't get to plead ignorance. I just didn't know. Watch. There are voices. And the adversary uses thought. He uses media. He uses people. Voices. And spirit transmits on words. Out of... How is it that someone can speak a word of faith and it affects a whole room? Because spirit transmits on words. How is it that you can be around somebody and they're just talking maybe about nothing in particular and you leave their company and you're like, man, I don't know why. I just felt weird. Being The, more, the longer they talk, the more. What's happening? Spirit vehicles on words. Okay. I'm telling you, it's not just the spoken word either. I'll never forget one day. Years ago, we were still living in Puyallup. And uh, I got a text message. This was in the early days of text messaging. But I got a text message. And uh, it was from Bishop. He just sent me. I, I can't even remember what it said. It wasn't very long. Um, and I responded. And he responded back with a one-liner or two. And that was it. But no sooner than I'd got, I mean, it was like really brief. The first message was like two, maybe three lines, and I responded. The next one was one or two lines, and that was it. I don't remember what it was about. But I got the message, and I no sooner got it, and I was bad. And there was nothing in the message that was like upsetting or anything. I, I, I remember that. It was it. But man, I was starting, I was like, what in the world is going on here? I'm like, I'm getting angry all of a sudden. What, what am I battling here? And all I could trace it back was like, the only thing that changed is I had an exchange with a short text exchange. So I went to a place of prayer and I started praying and, I, and the Lord took me in prayer. And I was so marked by that. It was like, it shook my world in a way like, okay, whatever's going on here, God, I'm seeing it. And so I'm praying. And so I don't know, time went by 45 minutes, an hour, whatever. And, uh, I, I can't remember if I reached back to Bishop that day or like at church the next time I saw him or whatever. But I communicated and I said, man, the craziest thing happened. And I told him what I just told you. And he relayed to me. He said, 
He said, that's crazy. He said, I was in my office counseling with somebody and they were so mad. What you're describing that you felt is what I was dealing with in my office when I messaged you. Now, voices matter. Voices matter. Now, if I hadn't went to a place of prayer, I might have went in and sat down with my wife and kids. And, and just before I knew it, I'm ripping into them and they're like, what's wrong with you? Hold on. No. But spirit vehicles on voices. And so the adversary we see in Genesis 3 comes subtly to Eve, questioning the word of God, getting her to dialogue because I mean, it sounds good. God has God said. I mean, this is a good conversation. We're talking about God. And we're talking about you becoming wise. You having something good to eat. And you, God would want this for you. And I mean, after all, aren't we talking about good? See how subtle that is? We're talking about good stuff. We're talking about the things of God. Right? The book of Acts chapter 16, we find clearly we find Paul and Silas walking through a city where God has taken them. And this woman's following them with some other men. And this woman is the herald to let people know that they're there. I mean, like it's like somebody sending out flyers and sharing the good news, right? And here's what she's saying as she follows the apostle Paul and Silas. These men be the servants of the most high God, which show unto us the way of the Lord. Or the way of salvation. I can't remember. One of those two. Go read it. It's Acts 16. Oh, there you go. You guys are awesome. Aren't they great? And so, look. They're following Paul. And they, I mean, look what they're saying. These men are the servants of the most. That's good. And they show us the way of salvation. Praise God. We got somebody from town announcing our arrival. We're going to have a revival. Voices. There are, it may be, many voices in the world, and none of them are without signification. It's the Word of God that we just read, 1 Corinthians 14 and 10. And so Paul hears that. Can you put that back up there if you haven't scratched it away on the computer yet? Now watch. Now watch the next verse, because this is exciting, right? This is where Paul turns around and says, Bless you, dear lady of God, for the beautiful words you're speaking about us and about our God. And she did this many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to who? The Spirit. What spirit? The spirit that was in the woman. How did he know there was a spirit? Because spirit vehicles on words. And he heard the words of this woman. And he, he wasn't going, oh, what she's saying true, therefore she must be of God. And sometimes that's what we think because we do not have spiritual discernment. Pray with me before we go any further.
This is, this is so vital right now in the hour that we're in. I'm telling you, this is so critical. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, help us to hear what you would say. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. So Paul turns and says to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. He came out the same hour. So we see clearly in the Word of God that the measure of the spirit of a man or a woman is not just whether what they say is true or not. And that's subtle. Now they, now, they should be speaking truth. But that in and of itself is not a measure. What greater way to deceive than first speak the truth? This is why the scripture says, try the spirits whether they be of God. We talked Sunday about needing a miracle of the mind. We need a miracle of our ears. We need ears to discern the voice of the Spirit of God in this hour like never before. Because if in Paul's day there were, and there were, because if in Paul's day there were many voices in the world, I promise you that's only magnified in our day and hour. I'm telling you, it's the danger of social media. You can scroll through and you've entertained 50 different voices in a matter of 30 minutes. It's the danger of reading comments on a post. You start reading the comments, you're entertaining all those different voices. You say, are you telling me I can't read? You can do whatever you want to do. I'm just telling you. You can do what you want to with what I'm sharing tonight. But I'm not just talking to be talking here. I know what I've been dealing with in the spirit the last four or five days. And you sit there and you read all these comments and all these comments and all these comments. And you don't know every voice, 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 every voice. Paul spoke to that spirit. He was grieved by the spirit. He had to deal with it. There are so many voices in our world. And I need to know the voice of God. You want to talk about a person that's confused? You show me a person that entertains a bunch of different voices. You get somebody trying to make a decision. I believe the word of God. There is safety in a multitude of counsel. So we should seek wise counsel when we're faced with a decision that we're just not sure. We don't have direction. We seek wise counsel. You show me someone that can never make a decision and they'll talk to 23 different people 
trying to figure something out. I just don't know. I'm just not sure. I'm just, man, I, I don't know. I, you know what it is? They're in a state of confusion because they're entertaining so many voices. I, I was in a conversation with someone not too long ago, and they had reached out to me asking some questions about a situation, told me what they were thinking. I was like, man, I agree. Here's why. Da, da, da. You know what they said to me? I, I really like this. They said, you know, I talked to Brother Martin. He told me the same thing. Thank you, Brother Martin. He and I didn't talk. And then they said, man, I'm going to try to figure out what to do. And I'm thinking, what do you mean you're going to try to figure out what to do? Now, I understood what they were saying. They weren't rejecting what they heard. I understood. But sometimes people will do that. They'll be like, oh, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still trying to do it. You got to determine. You got to determine what you're hearing and the source of what you're hearing. And if you entertain a bunch of voices, that's why you battle confusion. Hear me, if you're battling confusion, I tell you, it's because you're entertaining too many voices. Or you're entertaining a voice that's not the voice of God. You've given your ear to, or, hmm, or you're entertaining a voice of a man or woman of God that's got an offense in their spirit and that offense is affecting you and you don't even know it. I'm going to give you a real example right now. Oof. I did not plan to go there. It was years ago. Um, a handful of men from the church in Puyallup, we went. We went to a prayer and fasting meeting back in Maryland. It was spiritual boot camp, locked in the building, put away our watches before iPhones. So we put away the phones we had and uh, slept on cots or the floor and sleeping bags, stayed in the building, locked in for five days, praying. In fact, get woke up at two in the morning to go pray just all over the board. Just it was life changing. I'm not complaining at all. It was, thank God. Don't everyone do it again that way, but it was, you know, um, they progress. Now they stay in hotels and come gather, you know, but anyway, um, powerful ministry, life-changing ministry took place those five days, powerful, life-changing. And, uh, but we came home and man, I just, I'd find myself at times during the week after coming home and being on this man, just life forever altered and the spirit of God just, I had a, I had an acute sensitivity to things. I mean, it was like acute to the point where I'm like, okay, Lord, this cannot stay this way or I'll go crazy. Like, I mean, like I'd, I'd pull up at a stoplight and I'd look over into the car beside me and I'd see somebody in that car. And it's like, all of a sudden I'm seeing things in the spirit that, and I'm like, so I'd start, I'd just break down and start crying sitting at the stoplight. And then I'd, I'd walk into a restaurant and order something and, I'm, I'm just trying to get out because the second I turn, I just break down because I'm it was so there was like this hypersensitivity and I'm 
it was, you think, oh, that would be so cool. No, no, it's not. The Lord was just letting me experience something because he wanted me to understand some things about what's at work in our world. But what I realized is, man, it didn't take much to get me angry in a moment. Excuse me. And I, I'm as human as anybody. I can get upset and angry, but I've not been one that's dealt with having a temper. By the grace of God, that's not something that's been a challenge in my life to any degree. But my wife might disagree at times, but, but I, it was just like, I didn't even always know what it was, but it could be just a subtle thing. And I, I could, I just find myself dealing with like anger. I'm like, what in the world? I, and sometimes I'm not even sure why am I dealing with this? And so man, I'm not one to tell anybody because man, I'm confused. I'm like, man, I, I, God did all this stuff. I'm there's spiritual stuff taking place, but why in the world? What's going on? So finally, I'm like, man, I got to say something because I need help. That's how overwhelming it was to me. And so I spoke up and said something to one of the other brothers that had went. And he was like, oh, my goodness, the same thing's happening to me. I'm so angry all the time. It just comes out. Really? Yeah. Well, long story short, we started comparing notes with the five, six, seven, eight guys that had went. Almost all of them. I'm the same thing. I'm just at a moment. I'm just angry. And I, I I don't know. I think something's wrong. What? Well, so we shared that bishop. I think he reached back to uh, one of the primary leaders of that conference and said, hey, this is what's going on. And they said, one of the people that ministered several times. We've been butting heads ever since the conference ended. We realized some, some from, uh, from some things that were ministered that they're offended because they had spent years on the missionary field and had given up so much to go and gave up so much being there that now being back in North America and ministering, they were angry at the North American church because of how blessed it was and how much they had given up. And in a subtle way, they had got offended in their spirit. And that's what we were dealing with. They had ministered multiple times during that week, and that in their spirit had got in ours. Now you say, how do you know that? I'll tell you how I know that. Because that was relayed to Bishop. He related to us. We prayed, and it left, and we didn't deal with it again. Now, the person that ministered, the things they ministered have forever changed my life. Forever. I could stand here right now and I can call to memory things that the Lord used them to speak. But I also know that that offense, had we not had some avenue to figure out what in the world was going on, it would have destroyed us. Talking about there are many voices, and voices pass through things. Now, you can't walk around going, hold on, let a second, I'm analyzing this guy. No, what you do is you fellowship, stay in fellowship with the Spirit of God through prayer, through His Word. You stay in proper 
alignment in the body of Christ, and you pray daily for a miracle of the ears, the hearing, to know and hear and discern the voice of God. We need spiritual discernment. This is the danger. Hear me. Uh, let's read John chapter 10 real quick. Not the whole chapter. Some of you, you deal with things and you don't know why you're dealing with it. You're thinking, man, I'm praying. And so here's what happens. Like that, that example that I just shared with you, what I did is like, I'm going to pray more. I got to fast and figure out what's going on. I'm going to get in the word more. And you feel this. I got to do more to figure. Well, the issue is you got to cut that voice out of your life. And here was the unique thing. I'm saying, but I got to cut that voice out. But that voice, that, that was a man of God that was used. Right. But until I have a confidence that they've dealt with that, I either have to cut that voice out or I have to know that I've got to pray, God, you've got to cover my spirit completely so that that doesn't get into my spirit. I've got to learn to close my spirit to some things. By the grace of God, I've learned I can be in a conversation with somebody and it doesn't take long. And I'm like, and I'll be, we'll be talking, but I've completely closed my spirit. You say, I don't know how to do that. Sure you do. There's Sundays or Thursdays where I teach or preach and you close your spirit. It happens. You know how to open it too. Because that's usually what you do almost always. Voices. Voices. John chapter 10. Trying to be aware of the time. Not that it means anything. I'm just trying to be aware. I started early this morning. I worked in Olympia today, so. I'm tired with you, but we need to hear this. We need to lay hold on this tonight. I don't say this too often, but I'm going to say it now. As the elder here and the burden of responsibility I have to you, I'm asking you to not take this casually. We need a sensitivity to the voices that we listen to. Now. Because there are voices of confusion and deception, and they're not bold and broad. They're subtle. Subtle. Some of you. We've never spoken about it, but I can tell when you give time through whatever channel, I gotta be, I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I have a responsibility. 
I can tell when you're opening the door to other ministry. Not always, and, and I don't mean, some of you, you're opening doors to ministry that's not even ministering truth. That, that's just foolish. Okay. I, I'm not being unkind. I'm just telling you, that's just foolish. Why would I open the door and entertain someone who believes in God in three persons, who believes in baptism in the titles, who doesn't believe you need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost? The word is very clear about those things. Why would I entertain? And that's exactly what you're doing. You're entertaining. And that's why you're listening. You're being entertained. Why would I even open the door to that? I'm telling you, that's what feeds confusion. And you know what that confusion sounds like? Sometimes that confusion sounds like then you come to church on Thursday or Sunday and you're fine. You don't even know why, but you're like, why am I getting so bothered by what elders sharing today? It's because it's a voice that's contrary to the voice you've been listening to. Please don't misunderstand me. I don't think I'm the only one that can speak to you. You understand that. I trust you know that. We heard the word of the Lord in the few words that Brother Renee spoke to us tonight. John chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus speaking. Truly, truly, I say to you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but comes up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that enters by the doors, the shepherd of the sheep, to him the porter opens. Watch verse 3. And the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. Just see this. He goes before them. He doesn't put them out and let them go. He goes before them. And the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow. That doesn't mean they just, oh, it's a stranger. I'm not sure. No, they make a decision not to follow. Because they, uh, that's not the shepherd's voice. Well, yeah, but what he's saying is right. But that's not the shepherd's voice. You see, a stranger they will not follow. But what will they do with a stranger? They'll listen, but they won't follow. Oh, no. They will flee. For they know not the voice of a stranger. If you look at that, it doesn't mean they, oh, I, I don't know. No, what it means is they choose not to know or entertain the voice of a stranger. It's literally what it means. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. Now, I referenced here tonight something I heard Brother Billy Cole say. I, at times, listen to ministry from others. 
the ministry I listen to the most is the ministry that comes from Life Church congregations because I know the spirit of ministry that those men and women are under. Does that make sense? I know that they're all in alignment and right now. I'm not telling you only Life Church can speak things that you should hear. Please don't misinterpret that. Okay. Um, but in this day and time when you can find just about anything and anyone you want to listen to or watch and listen to on YouTube, that's not wise. It's really not wise. And I have precious men of God that have ministry online that I have to watch myself because I won't go listen to everything they put out. Here's what I recognize. You remember me sharing the story of when I went through the battle of my mind for four years and I thought I was losing my mind. I didn't remember that. Good. That went on to repeat it. And I was, I was grasping for words. I was grasping for stuff just to try to make sure I wasn't, you know, I was just wanting. And uh, I didn't, quote, go off the deep end just looking and listening to everything. But I started going to, I started going to YouTube and going, you know what? There's men of God that I hold in high regard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find some stuff and listen. Uh, one example of that, Brother Mark Morgan. I believe Brother Mark Morgan's anointed of God, a prophet in our day, chosen of God, has a pure spirit. And, and the purest spirit I know of any prophet I've heard minister just and has experience, has balance. He has balance. Remember Bishop on Saturday morning saying avoid extremes. That Saturday morning at prayer when Bishop said that. Yeah, he talked about avoid extremes. And so I, I started, I would go and listen to some stuff by Brother Mark Morgan. And uh, and so it wasn't really helping. My mind was still going. And uh, I thought, my goodness. So then I, I went and I thought, and so I was listening to some stuff by uh doesn't matter, but Brother Huntley, I would go listen. He was my pastor when I was a teenager. I thought, I'm going to go listen to that. I'm going to, I just, these men I knew that not from afar, but anyway, I'm praying and I wouldn't get anywhere in terms of my mind, even though, and the Lord dealt with me. At least it, I was assuming it was the Lord because I was so, my mind was so chaotic. What I did is I cut all that off and I went back. Thankfully, we have this old archive online. I went back to this old archive that goes back to like 2007. It's just audio archive stuff. And I went back and I started listening to every message I could find where Bishop was teaching or preaching. And I went back and I read every book that Bishop's written. Say, what were you doing? Are you, tell you what I was doing. I was affirming the shepherd in my life. I was affirming the shepherd. Now, Bishop didn't save me, can't save me. 
but he's the God-given shepherd for my life. I know that. I don't question that at all. But I can tell you in the midst of those throws, I sort of had questions. Confusion. Here's the thing. I would listen to like Brother Haney in Stockton sometime because my kids were going to school there at the time. So I thought double reason. I'll hear what they're hearing and maybe it. But here's the thing. Brother Haney would preach the word of God. Powerful, anointed. But Brother Haney wasn't my shepherd. And oftentimes he was ministering as a shepherd to the congregation he was responsible for shepherding. Does that make sense? Lord's trying to help us. So I'm not discounting the ministry of a brother Haney or a brother Morgan, or you fill in the blank with anybody you want to. I'm not discounting their ministry. But if I continue to seek out that ministry, I may not be discerning. When are they ministering a word that's to the church? And in, when is there something that's to the people that are get? See, because in this digital age, we think, oh, it's for everybody. Not necessarily. When is the word for the ones there? Does that make sense? We're not in the same place. We're not in Stockton, California. We're not in San Francisco. We're not in Annapolis, Maryland. We're not in, you, you fill in, you pick the spot. We're not there. Nothing against those men that God uses. I believe they're men used by God. But I even have to guard my spirit when I'm listening to men and women of God. The voice of the shepherd. We have to discern that. Um, I had to learn it that way. That's how the Lord had to teach me that. Okay. I'm going to tell you something I told one of my kids. I'm finishing. I think you're getting the point tonight. I just feel like I need to give you real life example stuff because sometimes these things breed confusion. We don't know why we're dealing with what we're dealing with. Okay. Uh, my, one of my kids had asked me, you know, like, I'm wondering, like, should I maybe try to take in some more teaching or preaching and stuff? And I'm like, well, tell me why you're wanting to. What's, what's going on here? By, by no means do I think we're the end all. And so I said, here, here's what I do. If you want to listen to teaching and preaching, I'm going to give you three names. <laughs> I'm not telling you guys all to write these three names down and run out and start listening to them, but uh, it's where I had peace. I said, T.W. Barnes. You can go listen to that. Billy Cole and David Bernard. There you go. There's three names. I never, you say, why did you say those? Because I wouldn't wonder about what they heard or the spirit of the individual that was declaring it. And two of the three are dead, so I don't have to worry about them becoming followers or trying to get to their church. Not that I'm worried about that, but there's something about that. 
I said, you can listen to Brother J.T. Pugh if you want to as well, but he's sort of hard. You might not enjoy him as much as I do. Um, There are voices. There are so many voices in our world. We need a miracle of our ears to discern voices. We're We're not at fault with people, you understand. But I can't just keep fellowshipping my group of friends outside of the kingdom of God and go, well, you know, they're good people. I'm not saying they're not good people. You just have to learn what am I listening to with my spirit? What am I letting get into my spirit? What's affecting my spirit? I can't just, if you have, can't imagine you spend the money, but if you have a Netflix account, I can't imagine just streaming stuff and feeding that into your ears and your mind. You have to determine, is that the spirit of God or is it the spirit of the God of this world that I'm allowing into my? And here's the thing. You say, well, I'm just, it's just entertainment. That's exactly right. And here's the question I ask you. What spirit are you entertaining? What spirit are you entertaining? got to answer that question. You say, well, there's no spirit. It's just right. If you don't believe Hollywood has a spirit, right, there's a spirit at work. And so we need to discern that. I hope this is okay tonight. I know we're just sort of talking. Last thing, last thing. I watched God use them. I've seen them cast out devils. Mm-hmm. I've seen them lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. I've seen it. So I have a question for you, all you Bible scholars. You shall know them by their works. Is that what the Bible says? You're going to know them by their works? Is that how you determine whether the voice is a voice to listen to by their works? It's not what the Bible says. Matter of fact, it's the same passage of Scripture if you want to go search it out later. You'll know them by their fruits. Fruits. Okay. It's in the same passage of scripture, the same passage right there in that context, right after he talked about knowing about the fruits or right before he says in that day, many will say, Lord, in your name, we cast out devils. In your name, we did many wonderful works and the Lord will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity.
So if your measure for whether a voice can be trusted or not is whether they can cast out devils or heal the sick, that's a poor measure. It's a poor measure. It's a dangerous measure. You know what your measure should be? You got to try the spirits. But at a bare minimum, I'm going to give you a bare minimum here, okay? At a bare minimum, you should ask them this question without any prodding. According to the gospel of Jesus Christ, what must I do to be saved? Bare minimum. And if their answer is anything other than the gospel that the apostle Paul preached and the apostle Peter preached, I wouldn't give it an ear. Paul said, though I or an angel come preaching any other gospel than that which I have received, if, if I or an angel come preaching any other gospel than that which I have received, he said, let him be accursed. Read Galatians chapter 1. He said it twice within four verses. Let him be accursed. I or an angel or anybody else that preaches any other gospel. Voices, 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 voices. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. We're in a society that is in love with the supernatural. I love the supernatural, but I'm not in love with it. I'm in love with him. There's a difference. There are people that are in love with the supernatural, and they are operating in the spiritual, but they do not know what spirit they're of. And they, are, they have learned to do things. And in his name, they cast out devils. And in his name, they do many wonderful works. But the Lord will call them a worker of iniquity and say, I did not know you. Why? I'll tell you why. Because a worker of iniquity is self-willed. And what men and women are doing that are self-willed is they're seeking to build something where they get recognized. They're building their own kingdom. They're not promoting unity. They're promoting division. They don't have proper order in their homes and in their families. You can just keep going right down the list. But they're doing all these things in the name of Jesus. Please stand with me so I'll stop. The book of Acts, there was seven men. They were sons of a man named Sceva. And they came into a place where there was someone possessed 
spiritually possessed, demonically possessed. And these seven men said to this one that was spiritually possessed, they stopped and they spoke and said, I adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth, to come out. And that spirit spoke to those seven and said, Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. But who are you? And the Bible says the spirit leapt on them. And they fled naked. The Bible does not say the spirit came out of the man and leapt on them. The spirit leapt on them. And stripped them of their clothing and they ran in fear. And that's what's going to happen to those who are not walking in the will of God, but are using the name of the Lord to do things. There may be a season, but they don't know what spirit they're of. And when it turns on them, we need to have discernment of voices. We need a filter in our spirit. Now, that was a lot tonight, I know. But watch, hear me. How many of you, by show of hands quickly, how many of you watched the short six-minute video that, that we shared with the congregation where Bishop talked about spiritual expression? Raise your hand. Okay, so many of you. He spent six minutes casually talking about how when we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and if we're in fellowship with God when we speak, sort of this principle of spirit being transmitted on words. So when I have people get in my car sometimes, I may not talk about God at all, but I try because the door doesn't open, but I make sure I talk. At least to get something out until they just are on their phone and disengage. But why? Because I want to give opportunity for spiritual expression. Now, that doesn't mean you need to just run your mouth, run your mouth and hope. We need wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Because sometimes we've been entertaining stuff and the best thing we can do is keep our mouth shut till we get before the Lord and get that cleansed and washed and our mind pure. Talked about all the voices. I'm in a room full of voices. You have a voice. I have a voice. We must open our mouth. And speak. As spirit-filled, blood-bought believers. Must be in fellowship with him. And we must open our mouth and speak. It's not enough to discern the voice and know I don't need to hear and give ear to that. We need to be the voice that they need to hear. We need to be in fellowship with him to where his spirit can speak through us. And we become the voice that becomes louder in our world. That's not a volume thing. It's a spiritual transmission thing. But if we don't get some things organized in our life and in order in our life to all the voices we're entertaining, 
Then we go about going, here's what it sounds like then. Oh God, give me the right word to say. I don't know what to say right now. And I'm in the, I recognize an open door. Give me the word, give me the word, give me the word. And we've all been there. Versus remaining in a posture in a place with God to where when the door opens, I have a word to speak. Does that make sense? We can be the voice. We're meant to be the voice. Jesus was our example. He said, I don't say anything except the Father says it. That, Brother Renee, is where we're trying to get as a vessel that all that comes out is what he puts in. I only speak what he gives me to say. You are the voice. You are the voice. Or we should be. Would you talk to the Lord with me right now before we go tonight? In Jesus' name. God, anoint our ears to hear. Anoint our ears to hear. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Give us ears to discern, Father. That we not give ear to so many voices, but that we be attuned to your voice, Lord. I want to know and abide in you. Your word, your spirit, your voice, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus an anointing upon each one of our hearts and minds and our ears to hear. Lord, give us a recognition by your spirit working in us. In our daily living, in our daily walk, I pray God-given discernment. And let us open our mouth and speak according to the oracles of God. Let your word be in our mouth. And let us speak the word of faith, the word of wisdom, the word of healing, as it's quickened by your spirit. Let us speak, Father. Give us boldness to declare your truth in love. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray even tonight as we've listened, let us discern and recognize. Illuminate, Father, places where we've entertained that we ought not. Illuminate places where we've given ear that we ought not. Let us sever those things, that there be a clear sound from heaven. Let us walk according to your word and will, that you would be glorified and that your will would be accomplished in the earth. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let us be your voice in the earth. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. The Lord bless you tonight. Pray over your ears. Every day, a miracle of the mind. We talked about that Sunday. This isn't trying to be a uh, series, but it seems like it is right now. And a miracle on your ear, over your ears. Pray that miracle every day. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.